Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It's 1234 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you just before, just before we bring in Louis DeBrusque. Uh, this text comes in from Lokesh on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, Lokesh says, Bob, the Leafs finally learned and played the cup final style of game. Of course, they are now better and deep. Good lessons for the Oilers to learn as to what to expect if and when they do go deep. All right. Well, you brought up an interesting point there, one that we're going to hit on in our next guest because, well, frankly, he had a vested interest in watching Toronto against Boston in back-to-back years. He is our Oilers Now headliner for Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. We welcome Louis DeBrusque. Hello, Louis. How you doing? Hey, Bob. I'm doing well. All right. How are you so, doing today? Not bad. Not bad. Actually, i got to tell you, the majority of the texts I've seen so far are surprisingly not too emotional, in my opinion. They're, they're, they're okay. We know where we're at here. We know what's got to get done. But I just want to circle back to what Lokesh said. The Leafs are finally playing a cup-winning uh, cup style of game. You watched Toronto and Boston in back-to-back playoff years in 17-18 and 18-19. Your son, Jake, was a central figure in uh, the 18-19 series. And I'm going to circle. Let's not forget, Boston beat Toronto both years in seven. Nazem Kadri got a, their second-line center for the Leafs, got a three-game suspension in uh, 17-18, and got involved with Jake and got tossed out of game two, and then a five-game suspension. Both series went seven games, and and a pretty good player for Toronto, who's excellent in the face-off circle and plays with some jam and some bite, took him out of that series. Kind of makes you, you, you know what I'm saying here, Lou? Like, I'm not, and I mean, with all due respect to Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand and Tuka Rask and Zidane Chara and Jake and all those other guys in Boston, I don't know if they win both those series if Kadri stays in. Toronto might have won one of those two series. And maybe we look at the going into this year, we would have been looking at the Leafs a little bit differently. What do you think? 
I agree with you 100%. I think that those playoff experiences they've had, and that's the one thing that you have to realize about the Leafs, is they've been building towards this. They've made the playoffs the last four years. And, you know, so this young team has continually had to morph into something different because the previous one didn't work. You know, the previous team they were trying to build or the way they were playing wasn't working. So they've had a little more experience at this. And, you know, we're seeing a team that's really playing the way they have to play to be successful. It's just, it's not whether they want to or they don't want to. This is just the way they have to play. And I think the last three games might have been their best three games of the season as far as shutting down an elite player, two elite players in Dreisaitl and McDavid. McDavid, the top producer in the league, uh, they understood what they were going up against. So those seven-game series with Boston, <laughs> they could have gone either way. And I've said this many times before. Those, the fact that they pushed them to seven showed me that they were really close. They were really close because they're that skilled. But they've made some adjustments. They've made some changes in their back end. And let's face it, the top players are playing a little bit differently. Austin Matthews playing way more of a defensive role this year than he ever has. He's way more committed to it. And, you know, as much as you think sometimes you're playing a certain way, until you really dig in and really just make it part of your fabric and part of the way you play, it, you know, there's going to always be those lapses at maybe the worst possible times in the season. I, so when I see this three-game series for Evans and for me, Bob, I say, you know, this. I personally believe this is going to be an excellent thing for the Edmonton Oilers. I really do. I think this is going to be real positive. I know looking at it right now, that's not how they feel right now. They're probably disgusted. Um, they're pissed off. I understand that. But when you really break it down and look at it, there was some real fine margins in the game at certain times that that game could have gone either way, especially in the first periods of each respective game. I know that the Leafs were the ones that came out and eventually outscored them I don't even know what it was, 9-1 to one in the first periods after the three games. But here's the thing. Up until the point where they got the first one, I thought Edmonton was dictating and dominating play. I really did. I thought they were the better team. So what that tells me is they have, they have the game to play against the elite teams in this league. The question is, how do you try and sustain that for longer periods of time? And then the other question is, once you get down in a game, how do you continue to play that game without taking chances and giving out real high-quality chances against, which is what started to happen. When you chase the game, it's inevitable. You're going to give up chances against. It's trying to limit those as much as possible. Um, so for me, you know what, this is a good thing. How do they take it? How does this team respond to this last three games? I do believe it will be in a positive way because I think they look at it and say, okay, this was a real good lesson. This is a good understanding. And now we have to go forward and just ratchet up our game a little bit more. And there's going to be an opportunity to do that. And their next two games against the Lisa are the end of March. So I look at this as a great month for this team to be able to prepare, get ready, and then have another test against a team that's had your number, you know, five out of the seven times that you've played them. And, and if you look at it from that regard, yeah, I don't think you should be really too worried about it right now, but it'll be really interesting for me to see how this team takes it and how they move forward. Louie, I can remember. I call, um, were, you at, were you at the game? Uh, the, you were working a game out uh, west uh, in 19, right, 18-19, the night yep. that happened. with I, You know Dan Baker at Pub 1905? You skated with him before, right? We were yep. sitting there, and when Kadri did that, on the heels of being suspended the year before, <laughs> we, we, we looked at each other and we were like, what the? What are you doing? Like, like seriously, because we knew, and it and it just it, it shows you that you learn through those problems because <laughs> frustration, 
go, as go much for as it. I hate, as much as I hated seeing my kid take a cross check to the face. Yes. Um, but he had a hand in that. Don't get me wrong. He was running around that game, and that was yeah. – I, I liked his game. I really liked the way he played. Yeah. But at the same time, I said the same thing. I said, you know, that is a huge hit to the Leafs because he is such a good player in that regard. And yep. it was the type of player they needed in that matchup against Boston. And when, but without him there, they were a different team. And listen, they still pushed it to seven. It was still a great series. But, uh, yeah, I think it certainly had a detrimental oh. effect on the team. That's why he's gone. That's why he's in Colorado. And he's a heck of a player there now. Yeah, he is. And you know what? Frustration, that happens. And we saw some exasperation and frustration from the Oilers at times. And they could have whistled Edmonton a couple more times last night. The Leafs never got shorthanded the entire game. They, You know, they had the puck. And, and I, I got to tell you, Lou, I, I was trying to think the last time I saw the Oilers in a bunch of games in a row get beat like that. I remember the 92 conference final against Chicago. The Blackhawks won the first two games in Chicago, 8-2 and 4-2. The Oilers pushed them to OT in Chicago, won game three, and I knew Edmonton was done at that point. And then they won game four to Edmonton, 5-1, and that was kind of it. Like, the Oilers were on fumes. They'd upset Vancouver. Vancouver probably on paper had a better team than Edmonton that year. Um, and, and they kind of went down without a fight. And there was some exasperation and frustration last night that was exhibited. You can mm-hmm. see it. And and that, that comes with the territory because it – Put yourself in the player's situation there. How humbling is that when right now you got a team that's playing on a completely different level than you are? Just look at them. Listen to the response Leon Dreisaitl gave in his press conference. I mean, it's, I tell you what, you do take it home with you. There's just no way you can't. I'm, I'm sorry, this is your life, this is your job, this is your love. And when it doesn't go your way, and it doesn't go your way in that fashion, it's humbling. It is. It's, it's a real kick in the teeth, I like to say. <laughs> but, so here's the thing. But you know what? You're going to take some of those throughout your career. You're going to take a lot of those. It's how you kind of balance back. It's how you, you know, stand back up and say, okay, you know what? All right, you got me this time. And then it's start preparing for the next one. Start preparing for the next game. Start moving forward. Start getting back to what you're doing, what made you successful and saw you go on a real good run. Because let's not forget, it was, you know, they were one of the top two teams in the league going into that three-game set. And I still believe they are. You know, they have that game. It's just a matter of putting it forward. And, and listen, there's lots of things we could, di- you know, break down and digest from that series with Toronto. Mistakes that were made, goaltending, you know, you could say, okay, maybe they didn't get the first game. I mean, there were so many things. They were team losses, no question about that. There were a lot of breakdowns and a lot of things that happened, and you have to credit the Leafs. You do. You have to give them credit for the way they exposed, exploited, and took advantage of situations because that's exactly what they did. It wasn't that they got so many more opportunities than Edmonton because it was really close. It was really close in that regard through good stretches of each respective game. It's just that they were able to capitalize. They finished it off with a killer instinct, and Edmonton just wasn't able to put that together because you know early on if you know they were, what, 7-1 to one in shots and they were down one nothing in the game on uh, Monday uh, last night. They were up 5 nothing in shots, some great chances in tight. They were, they were buzzing. They were getting their opportunities. They just couldn't get one to go. If they get that first one, it changes everything. Now, you can't be a team that relies on that, though. And you and I have talked about this for years with this team. When they doesn't go their way, sometimes they get deflated, which turns into frustration, which we know what happens after that. It's really hard when you're chasing your tail in a game. So that's part of the process, though. That's part of the learning. And I, like I said, I, I honestly think this will be a very good thing for Edmonton moving forward this year and for the future because because 
it was even a little more humbling because it's the Toronto Maple Leafs. Let's not let's not kid ourselves. Absolutely. This is this Absolutely. is the north this is the north division. This is this is all Canadian matchups and Toronto is the big hub. Toronto's what everybody wants to take down. So and they're the talk of the North Division in the league this year right now with where they are. So there's a lot more expectation in those games. And I love that. I think that's great. You should get fired up for certain games. You should get fired up for certain rivalries. So um, yeah, that's how I'm looking at it, and I'm really interested to see how they respond, and I, I do think they'll respond well. They've been very, very good, uh, especially under Dave Tippett, in my opinion, responding, being able to respond after tough times and tough beats and just kind of regrouping, going back to the basics, going back to the fundamentals, going back to the structure, and just really buying in as a team and playing well. Before the show goes to the dogs, Louie, I just want to pass a stat. You talked about scoring the first goal. Uh, we did a panel today, Jack, myself, and uh, Tony Brar. Tony pointed out that uh, the Oilers have played 14 home games this season. They're 6-0 and at home when scoring first and 0-8 and when the opposition scores first. Yeah, so it is important. It's always been important. You know, it's... Kind of one of those things that you know we talk about. Uh, we, I mean, how many times is the key of the game good start? I mean, listen, you could use that every single game. I mean, when I used to have to do keys for the game, it was like you know I always had that in my back pocket. I could always just reword, you know, come out of the gates, good start, be on your toes, whatever you wanted to say. But it was all the same thing. It was all about starting well. It was about coming out and doing the right things. Now, listen, as I said, I thought they got off to great starts. That's a positive. I know that doesn't seem like a positive now, but I looked at the starts of each of those games respectively and was like, you know what? They came out on their toes. They came out getting pucks in behind. They won puck battles. They created chances, and they really limited a team to nothing in the first five, seven minutes of games. A couple good chances for Toronto in the one game. Yeah, sure, but you know what? They didn't get the saves early, okay? So right away, that, that just deflates you when it doesn't happen. The key now is to learn from that and say, okay, you know what? We got had a great start. We get scored against. You have to reset immediately. And I know some of the players have talked about that. I think Connor's even talked about it. After a goal against, you know what? Listen, you got to refocus, get back on track, and just start to go forward. And the more times you can do that successfully, even if you're not having the results you want, it just becomes second nature that you just get back to the face-off dot. It's a new game. It's a new situation. Let's go. And that's just a sign of a good team. Good teams do that. Good teams don't react to negatives like bad teams do. Good teams react the right way. Have you been a part of some teams? Uh, you were here during some tough times at the Oilers, 90, 93 to 96 in particular, where you're sitting there going, oh, crap, here we go. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I feel for them. I do. I really do. I, I I understand what it's like when you look in Tampa Bay. The one year we were terrible. We were the reason they got Vincent Lecavalier first overall. Um, so that shows you how good we were that year. But you know, and, it, and it's a it's a real negative vortex. Now I'm going to tell you this right now. <laughs> this Edmonton team is a hell of a lot better than the teams that I was on in both places respectively. And uh, this is a little bump in the road. And I know it doesn't seem like that. This is a great learning lesson, I think, at this time of the season for this team. And, and if you go the, through the, the years of all the Stanley Cup winners in the last 30, 40, forever, there will be times like this in the season for them. There will always be times where it's like, woo, you know, we just kind of lost our way a little bit. We kind of got a little frustrated. A team just had our number and took it to us a few times, and there's nothing wrong with that. It resets it and makes you realize that the reason you're putting all that hard work in and you're you're continuing to grind away at the fundamentals and structure and play the right way, which is something that Dave Tippett and the coaching staff has preached from day one, 
it's for a reason. It's to get back after times like this and say, okay, let's just go back to work again and just let that go. Sometimes these types of losses are hard to let go, and I'm sure these are gonna, this is going to linger for a bit with this team. But you hope that in the next couple of days they can put it aside, go back to work, and listen, there's always that next game you have to get up for. And the good thing is it's the Battle of Alberta. Absolutely. Do you have some empathy for the fact, I mean, McDavid and Dreisaitl were the guys that spoke to the losses last night. Connor spoke before every game. Uh, he, yeah. He's he's the face of the game. And, uh, we, you know, Wayne Gretzky was at Edmonton, and Wayne Gretzky, uh, Wayne Gretzky granted a lot of time and embraced uh, that end of it. We, we live in a little bit different time, frankly, with way more media uh, and a changing media. Like, there was a time in which... Uh, writers were seemingly the gods. I know that there's probably some guys that feel uh, that's the way it still should be, but there's been some change. You know, you have guys that are podcasting and guys that are blogging and guys that are everybody's got an opinion now. Uh, but you have some empathy when it's players of that caliber that have to answer the bell and take those questions after what was a brutal uh, night. Absolutely, I do. I thought it was funny, actually. I, I kind of looked at that and said, you know, it's kind of what I was feeling in my mind. If I was him, I'd probably want to say the same thing. And he did. You know, good on him. Here's the thing. Um, they have to face the media. They have to face the music because they are the faces of the team. You know, they are yep. the ones that we all yep. – but listen, I, I do believe that their play over the course of their careers, and especially the last few years, has, has given them some credit. No question about that. It's given them, you know, they're going to have an off night from time to time. And, and I understand that. Um, but I do believe that players of that caliber, Leon, I think Connor, Nuge, the, the high-end players, they hold themselves to a higher degree. So if we sit here and think that they don't understand, they don't have it on a respective night, come on. Nobody knows it more than them. They understand that they just don't have it or it's just not going our way. And they see the game um, in high definition, the highest definition possible. So don't think for one second they don't understand where their game's at or what's going on because they do. And you know what? Frustration boils over sometimes. And you know what? That's good. I don't mind seeing that yeah. from, uh, from Liana. I don't mind seeing, you know, Connor McDavid being frustrated as well, being short with an answer here and there. He's like, whatever. Um, they understand that in order for them to pull themselves out of this, it's going to be a lot up to them, but it is a team game. They understand that there's also a team of 20 on the ice every night with a backup goaltender that has to go to work and, and do it as a team. And that's where they had success. That's where they've had success in the last month. They need to get back to that. This is, this was a hard one to swallow. It certainly was. I understand that, but yeah, I do have empathy because we are always focused on them, but uh, that comes with the territory. That comes with the sure. territory with being an elite premier player in the league. I know, Louie, you can uh, empathize with this as well. I mean, when we're in broadcast mode, and I would suggest to you that the, the best guys broadcast games live, be it on radio and TV, uh, you know, sometimes we miss in those opportunities to just as timing works, depending upon how long post-game shows work or whether or not you and Jack are doing a, uh, a hit back to your national desk or whatever. Uh, but it is interesting. Everybody's got a job to do. And so sometimes in difficult situations, there's some responses that maybe some people might not find to be ideal. Uh, hey, great stuff, Louie. Uh, you got Saturday night's game or are you, where are you Saturday? I don't. I'm going to be watching on my couch and analyzing. I might even listen to you a little bit. Well, don't be afraid to send me a text and uh, give me crap once in a while, all right? All right. Sounds good, bud. 
You bet. That is Louis DeBras from NHL Hockey on Rogers. Bob Stoffer and Brendan Escott with you in Oilers Town, 1253 at Edmonton. We will tell you that uh, guests on our show receive gift certificates to Roost Chris Stakos. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town, every meal's an occasion at Roost Chris Stakos. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. We'll be back with your texts and the orders now injury report for James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Hi, this is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. He still leads the NHL in scoring. Oilers again, 88 points, or 88 shots on goal against the Leafs. Three games, they scored one goal. Now, in fairness, the ends of games one and two, there were some score effects there. But uh, most of you, I think, understand math enough to realize that uh, usually you will score more than one goal on 88 uh, shots over a three-game stretch. To the Oilers Now Injury Report, it's brought to you daily by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. For every Oilers goal scored this season, James H. Brown will donate $100 to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Jim Brown, Trent Brown, the former All-Star CFL safety. They want you to stay safe and stay positive. Here's Brendan Escott. Well, Dominic Cahoon remains day-to-day with an undisclosed injury. William Lagason, of course, on the IR with a wrist problem. Cassian and Cuckoo, long-term injured reserve in Stalock. Alex Stalock, that is, clearing uh, the quarantine protocols right now. Calgary's Jacob Markstrom has not played since February 20th with a lower body injury, but he might be available to back up David Riddick tonight. Otherwise, they are healthy. Uh, Habs forward, John Josh Anderson close to returning from a lower body issue of his own, but uh, will not dress against Winnipeg this evening. And Sidney Crosby remains in COVID protocol as well. He'll miss another Battle of Pennsylvania tonight, Bob. Uh, just a little bit more on the Flames. Sam Bennett uh, with Derek Ryan's return. Derek Ryan cleared waivers, uh, but they're moving him on and off the taxi squad to maximize the cap space. Sounds like Derek Ryan is in tonight for Calgary. Sam Bennett, a healthy scratch for the Calgary Flames. Interesting guy. I mean, the guy plays with some bite, just hasn't seemingly uh, happened for him, at least during the course of the regular season. Bob, the Leafs have elite focus and finish. Their ability to put it in the net is superior to the Oilers, and the, their ability to box us outside made their goalies look elite as well. Uh, JD780 says, Bob, what is the Oilers' record with the orange jerseys? If you look like pylons, you play like pylons. I, I actually was a support player on the pylons when we won the Alberta uh, Men's Leagues Championships back in the early 2000s. Uh, it was Craig Lupel's team. 
I was a scud that sometimes uh, got in as a uh, second line slash third line winger. Um, I, I believe there was a former NHL player you can figure it out who said to me, Bob, I'm surprised you can see over your belly, which was a little bit of an insult. Didn't make me work any harder in the gym because that would require me actually going uh, to uh, the gym. Edmonton Quibb says, why doesn't anybody mention uh, on these off nights, Dreisaitl passes more to the other team than he does to our team and isn't shooting or playing defensively. They've waited too long to put Nuge back on the line. Dreisaitl needs R&H on the line to make up for the mistakes he makes and to set him up so he doesn't have to pass as much to the other team. I would suggest to you that Dreisaitl was looking a lot to Dominic Cahoon in stretches. Uh, I He had a tough game. He did. He knows it. He's also missed a bunch of practices over the last couple of weeks. I think you're smart enough to realize when a player that finds a way to play every game, misses some practices, might be dealing with something. This text comes in, Bob, the owners need a goalie, and Ken Holland's inability to address it in the offseason is frustrating to say the least. The fact that he thought going into the season with the same uh, tandem is frightening. Uh, well, Mike Smith went into last night's game with a 6-1 and record of 1.87 goals against average and a 9.38 save percentage. Koskinen got a lot of work. Ultimately, you may be right. It might be a goaltending that uh, undermines uh, the Oilers' chance for success this season. Time will tell in that regard. 12.59 in Edmonton. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Keep texting us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. And for Canadian Power Pack, Kevin Weeks from the NHL Network when we return. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad.